Here at the Friends of Israel, we're excited to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ this weekend, when Christ defeated death once and for all. This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. Today, we'll be turning our attention to our award-winning magazine, Israel My Glory. Our March-April edition is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't already subscribe to Israel My Glory, we want to give you a free year subscription. And we're going to give you a choice. You can either uh, choose print or digital. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to foiradio.org. That's FOI as in Friends of Israel, foiradio.org. Dot org to get your one-year free subscription to Israel My Glory. Joining me on the program today will be Dr. Mike Stallard, Director of International Ministries here at Friends of Israel. Mike oversees our ministry in 13 different countries all around the world on top of being a scholar and theologian. Today we'll be talking about the resurrection of Jesus and the history and the hope of the resurrection. It's always a joy to have Mike join us on the program. We look forward to that conversation. In the news, as I'm sure most of you have heard by now, in the early morning on April 10th, Prime Minister Netanyahu was declared the winner of Israel's election. It was a tight race. Supporters of Netanyahu's Likud party experienced an emotional roller coaster ride when it looked like Netanyahu's greatest threat, Benny Gantz, of the Blue and White Party, was on the path to victory. However, in the end, Netanyahu was able to pull off yet another win. This is big for Netanyahu, five terms now as prime minister, and this is just unheard of in Israeli politics. Uh, usually politicians don't last that long in Israel, and yet Netanyahu has been able to to stick it out for five terms now. And there's a reason for this. It's because the left politics, the left progressive politics in Israel are actually almost like a curse word these days. And so Israelis understand the need for security, and Netanyahu is the one who's always pushing that forward. So security is always on the mind of Israelis, and Netanyahu knows that's priority. And I think that's one of the reasons, once again, he is Israel's prime minister. Today's episode is all about our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory. It's all about the resurrection, and that's why I'm excited to have Dr. Mike Stollard. He's the Director of International Ministries and a Bible teacher for the Friends of Israel. Mike served as Dean for Bible Baptist Seminary and is a graduate of my alma mater, Dallas Theological Seminary. Mike wrote an article in uh, this most recent issue of Israel, My Glory called um, Because He Lives, Why Future and Present Blessings Depend on Christ's Resurrection from the Dead. Mike, great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. I always enjoy being part of the radio program. You're always a popular person um, to have on the radio program. A lot of people really appreciated uh, the series that we did um, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago or so on replacement theology. And so I'm really excited to have you here in studio talking about Because He Lives. Um, it's all about the resurrection. And so let's just get right into it. The resurrection. You know, when I was growing up, Mike, um, in my mind, resurrection was something that was invented by Jesus. And, and the resurrection was only for Jesus. But, you know, as I grew in the word, I realized resurrection wasn't invented by Jesus. In fact, its roots are in the Old Testament. Resurrection is really a Jewish belief. Could you highlight that a little bit? Uh, yes, it's relatively easy to show that the Old Testament itself actually teaches the resurrection. Uh, we begin in Job, which may be 
one of the earliest books written in the Bible. In Job, Job, in the midst of his uh, sorrow and, and torture, uh, made this statement, as for me, I'm in Job 19, verse 25, as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Interesting, an earthly, concrete understanding of the, of the end times. Yes. Even after my skin is flayed, yet without my flesh, one translation, apart from my flesh, I shall see God, so in a soul, but then whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes, I take it physical eyes, shall see, and not another. So the implication there is physical resurrection. So even in Job's suffering, even you know, in Job's suffering, he's seeing that I could die here in my suffering, but I know that one day, even after I die in my flesh, I will see my Redeemer. Essentially, he's yes, saying. I think so. And then you have the 12, Daniel twelve passage, uh, which is at the end of the tribulation period. This statement: "And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake; these to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting." contempt. So Old Testament teaching, clear resurrection from the dead. And then in the New Testament, uh, we, uh, we have the, the battle, Matthew 22, Pharisees versus Sadducees over the resurrection. You know, Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees did. And then later the Apostle Paul uh, uh, uses that idea to show to the Romans, he's just following a Jewish belief, the belief of the Pharisees. And he was put on trial for the resurrection. So the resurrection was a Jewish belief. Of course, Jesus was a, a, a Jewish man, a God man, and he believed that track of uh, Judaism that was believing in the resurrection. That one day, um, for uh, this idea of resurrection is the belief that one day we will come out of our graves, the flesh, you know, our bodies will come out of the grave and we will take on flesh again and spirit again. We will be human again in many ways. And and that's why I, I want to ask you another question. You know, in, in, your, in your article, uh, you we're talking about the resurrection and you open up with this idea that really everything rises in falls on the resurrection of Jesus uh, from the authority of the scriptures to the life of a believer today. You know, where would we be without the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And what, what would you say about the authority of the scriptures at that point? Where would we be without the resurrection? Well, the Bible makes it clear in 1 Corinthians 15 um, that believers have not been forgiven, believing loved ones who died are lost forever, and Christians live miserable lives if there's been no resurrection. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 17 to 19. That's a clear statement. Uh, Chuck Swindoll said, if Jesus didn't come back alive from the dead or if his resurrection was a hoax, then nothing, absolutely nothing, has any meaning at all. Hmm. And I think he's right. And uh, those of us who believe the scriptures, we're followers of Jesus, Jesus believed the scriptures, and that's enough authority for me to believe the scriptures. Thy word is truth. Uh, we understand what the Bible says there, and the Bible itself says a lot hangs on the resurrection. Basically, everything hangs on the resurrection in the sense that if it didn't happen, 
then we have no hope. We have no hope. That 1 Corinthians 15 passage, that we'd be miserable. You and I were talking about that earlier. We'd be in misery. But I love that, actually, that Paul uses that word because the opposite of misery is joy. And so we have joy in Jesus's resurrection. Now, in in your article, you you start with the idea of what our future blessings will be with the resurrection. But I want to hold off on that. We'll pick that up in a a little bit. I want to talk about our current blessings uh, that we have with Jesus's resurrection. One of my favorite Bible verses from the book of Romans, Romans 6, 4, therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, that's resurrection, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, so we too may live in a new life or live in newness of life. How has Jesus's resurrection given us a new life today, Mike? Yeah, I, I say four things in the, in the article uh, on, on that point. And the the new life, I think that comprehends both justification and sanctification. And I start out with justification just a couple chapters earlier in, in Romans 4.25. He who was delivered up because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So the resurrection was necessary, I take it, so that we would be justified, that is declared innocent of all of our sins. So the starting point of the Christian life, the starting point of newness, depends on the resurrection. Hmm. Uh, then the the second thing of uh, sanctification, and in my article I mentioned Philippians three ten, Paul uh, was talking about that, uh, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection. Now Paul was already saved; he was already justified. He was longing for something more, even in a growth direction, knowing more and more the power of the resurrection. So the resurrection as a truth, and the resurrection as a fact. And the the new life that's given to us when we are justified, it develops into sanctification, a power that we have and can invest in and use uh, to walk in this newness that God has given us. Uh, But then I also suggest that courage is part of that. Uh, And I took us back to the early Christians who faced lions. Mm Mm-hmm. And how could they have done that without believing firmly in the resurrection? Mm-hmm. So the resurrection does give us courage, and it gives us courage even to witness to people. You know, if we didn't have that, where would the courage come from? Uh, and then I talk about victory over death. We live in newness of life. We we can live unafraid of death, which is the great obscene enemy. You know, death is obscene. Yeah. Uh, but we have victory through Christ, and because we know in the resurrection, we can live a life and live this newness of life without fear. And people who don't understand that will struggle and always have the veil of fear over them. So you're saying resurrection, number one, it positionally mm-hmm. gives us a, 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 a sense that we, not even a sense, a truth, that positionally God sees us as right because of Jesus's resurrection. It also gives us a hope and sanctification that here on earth, we are growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the way that we grow in this relationship is we're conformed into his image is through the power of the resurrection. That also the hope that we have, the way that we walk today, the courage that we can have is based in the fact that just as Jesus suffered and died and resurrected, we will suffer, we will die, but we will find resurrection. And that changes everything about how we see death. We don't 
we of course death can be fearful but in one sense when when a christian dies we have a different understanding of what death is it's not the end death. really it's just the beginning yeah that's excellent chris maybe you should have written this article well you taught me everything i know there you go L- listen friends uh, I'm sitting here with Dr. Mike Stollard. We're going through our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory. If you don't get Israel, My Glory, uh, we're going to give you a link in a little bit that you can go to uh, so that you can sign up and get a one-year free subscription. So you want to stick around for that. Mike's going to stick around with us. We're going to talk about what the future blessings are, the future blessings for a Christian who believes in Jesus and the resurrection. So be sure to stick around. If you're familiar with our ministry, you know that we emphasize the need for solid biblical teaching and accurate analysis on the news of the day. One of the best resources for great biblical teaching that I know is the Friends of Israel's magazine, Israel My Glory. Chris, some may not realize that Israel My Glory has been around since 1942 and has well over 150,000 subscribers. Yeah, I'll tell you, I travel the country speaking in churches, churches in big cities and small rural towns. And no matter where I go, I always meet people who read our magazine and trust it as a resource for Middle East news and great biblical teaching. To order your free one-year trial subscription to Israel My Glory magazine, visit foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. Welcome back, everyone. We are speaking with Dr. Mike Stollard, the Director of International Ministries and Bible Teacher for the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We're going through our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory, um, and we are looking at his article, Because He Lives, Why Future and Present Blessings Depend on Christ's Resurrection from the Dead. We, we looked previously um, really at the present blessings. How, you know, what are the present blessings of the resurrection for a believer? And now we're going to transition here for a moment, and we're going to look at the future prophetic blessings. And and Mike, you in, in your article, you say that there are future prophetic blessings for a Christian because of Jesus's resurrection. Can you explain what you mean when you say that? Uh, yes. In fact, I, I list uh, several different things that are uh, things we can anticipate in the future because of the resurrection. Uh, and the first one is I get a brand new body. And that's maybe my favorite thing. I, I like that there, one too. There's a lot of things about my old body that I really would like to change. You know, a lot of people, when they see me after hearing me on the radio, they say, you sound a lot taller than you look. So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll, in my future body, I'll, I'll gain a few yeah, inches. And you, you know? can, and you can dunk a basketball. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but it's it's quite serious thing that we're going to have these new bodies that can't sin and yeah. that can't uh, die. So we're going to have a glorified body fashioned like Jesus, and uh, and I take that as a strong moral sense. Uh, then second, uh, I think it's a corollary to that, that even if it's before the resurrection, if I die before we get to the rapture of the church, I know I'm going to be in heaven with the Lord. He's going to bring me back uh, at the rapture to be resurrected, and I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a confidence I have, uh, knowing God's ultimate plan for me is resurrection. Uh, and then, uh, if I do make it to the rapture, I won't experience death, mm-hmm. but I'll experience glorification. So I, there's a chance, because of God's plan, I won't experience resurrection, but I'll get the glorification that's part of the resurrection package. And then, because of the resurrection, because of my future with God, 
when Jesus comes back at the end of the trib and I come with him in the full person, uh, body, soul, and spirit, uh, I will be part, I will inherit in my flesh the future kingdom. Hmm. And so I have this concrete understanding of my future. I'm not floating on a cloud somewhere. I'm not just singing a song, holding hands, singing Kumbaya. It's a real concrete future. I don't think a lot of Christians understand that concept, though, Mike, is that your hope as a Christian is the physical resurrection of your body. And I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus was merely the first fruits of the resurrection. That means he's the first one resurrected, uh, first one resurrected, but there's a whole harvest coming of people resurrected. That's the hope we have as Christians, wouldn't you say? Yes, and I think the church over the centuries has imbibed too much of Platonic thinking, mm-hmm. and so that I, you know, a, a spiritual kingdom in the heart, a motif, or uh, things like that. We tend to think in vague and general categories instead of concrete, real Jewish categories. That's right. Uh, and the, the kingdom that's coming is a very earthly one, and our bodies are an important part of that. Um, and then uh, I would uh, say that. Uh, Probably the most emotional part of looking ahead is seeing my loved ones again mm. who have died and knowing because of the resurrection, if they're in Christ and I'm in Christ, I will hug their neck again. Mm-hmm. And that's a physical thing. You know, in body, I will hug their It won't be just ghosts or spirits hugging each other. Mm-hmm. It's in bodily form. That's God's plan. Uh, the body is not a throwaway container for God. This was what you're saying there is, was important for me. I lost my father at a young age, and I can remember I had been teaching on the resurrection for many years, and then I lost my dad, and I had to really come to grips. I had to move theology into practical real life. And you know what? The resurrection gave me hope that, you know, I haven't seen my dad for almost 10 years now, but I will see him again. That changed everything. I will yeah. hug him. Like you said, I will hug him again. That changes everything, When how prophecy becomes very, very applicable to one's life. Yeah. Last year, as you know, I had to preach my twin brother's funeral. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea of seeing him again in the flesh meant everything mm-hmm. at that moment. There yes. was nothing more important at that moment for me. Mm. Uh but then, uh, because of that, what does that lead to? That means uh, we have, we're looking forward to the grandest, glorious, most superlative fellowship and joy mm. that's even in, we can't even envision it, it's so big. Yes. And the, and the Bible promises that. And uh, part of that is God's going to have some wonderful projects for us to do. You know, when I was a, little, a young boy and I'd read in a doctor's office, I'd read a, a Bible storybook or something that a doctor had out for kids. And I'd read it and I thought, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to wear these shepherd's uniforms and, and I would uh, I'll just tend sheep all day. And I go, that's awful boring. I don't have any desire to do that. Where's baseball and football and all those things? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I came away with the wrong concept. That's just kind of a boring, blase thing. And people express it today, you know, on a cloud with a harp, and that's their view of the coming kingdom. And that's not at all what it's going to be. We don't know all the details. God describes it in terms of administration, uh, but it's a, 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 an important thing to understand. There's going to be the greatest adventure for all of us in our flesh because of the resurrection when we get uh, to God's 
glorious kingdom. Folks, we've been talking with Dr. Mike Stollard, and listen, he had as an amazing article, Because He Lives, Why Future and Present present Blessings Depend on Christ's Resurrection from the Dead. You can find it in our most recent issue of Israel My Glory magazine. If you're not a subscriber to Israel My Glory, we want to give you a one-year free subscription. You just have to go to foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. And right there, you can sign up and receive your one-year free subscription to Israel My Glory and read more about Jesus's resurrection from our most recent issue, Up From the Grave, He Rose. Mike, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. As we close out this episode today on the resurrection of Jesus, I want to take a look back for a moment at his death. You know, every time I go to Israel, I visit the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's the place that many people believe Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. And when you climb up the steps that literally take you up Golgotha, you begin to see these mosaic pictures on the wall. And these mosaics make up the gospel throughout all of biblical history. You know, the mosaics go from Abraham binding Isaac all the way to Jesus being nailed to the cross. And when you zoom in on the mosaic of Jesus being nailed on the cross, you see something that just isn't right biblically. Standing around Jesus are Roman guards in their typical Roman uniform. However, when you zoom in on the person nailing Jesus to the cross, you realize through the type of clothes the person is wearing, that the artist is depicting a Jewish person nailing Jesus to the cross. And I can tell you this much, the Jewish people were guilty of condemning Jesus and lying about him and urging for his death, but they weren't the ones to put the nails in his hands. This mosaic depicts just blatant anti-Semitism. And you know, even up through the mid 20th century, kids were taught in churches that Jewish people killed Jesus. Jewish people were often called Christ killers. And this outlook is just plain wrong. First, it was a Roman who nailed Jesus to the cross, not a Jewish person. The Jewish community would have nothing to do with Roman crucifixion. The Roman participation in Jesus's death displays to all of us that it was a joint effort between the Jewish people and the Gentiles. Really, this tells us that everyone is guilty of putting Jesus on the cross. And yet, at the same time, it was nobody who put Jesus on the cross. Ty Perry, who wrote in this issue of Israel My Glory, says, Consequently, it is theologically accurate to say no one killed Jesus. Jesus himself said, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. That comes from John chapter 10, verse 18. And then uh, again in John chapter 19, it says, when Pilate declared, I have power to crucify you and power to release you, Jesus replied, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. There's a lot of forces, my friends, at work to get Jesus on the cross from a human perspective. But once again, Jesus reminds us in the Gospels, it was his life to give. His obedience to the Father is our righteousness. Thanks be to God.
Chris, it was a real joy hearing you and Mike Staller discuss the significance of the resurrection. My heart has been encouraged. So let me ask you this as we close. We as Christians, of course, celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. Is there anything different or special that you do personally for Easter? Well, you know, in Jewish ministry, one of the benefits is that I get to often lead a Passover. So Passovers kind of gear me up for for the Easter weekend. So, you know, if if you've never been to a Passover before, I I hope that maybe your church could lead uh, lead one or maybe you could find one. That's a great way to prepare yourself for Easter. But, you know, personally, what I like to do as well is I like to just— Take a moment. It's busy. Easter is a busy time. I, I like to take a moment and and just reflect, and I like to read the the passion passages and just reflect for a moment on what Christ did for us. When He died, He willingly went to the cross. He He was buried, and then He resurrected, coming out of the grave, defeating death once and for all. Thank you, Chris. A reminder as we close, we rely on the support of our listeners to keep this program on the air. Please consider going to foiradio.org and supporting us with a donation. Chris Katolka is our host and teacher. Tom Gallione produced today's program. It was co-written by Sarah Fern. Jeremy Strong composed our theme. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people. 